This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? Oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank that. you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio, with thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender, here's Todd Bergeff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again on these Thursdays. Mike Grimm, the voice of the Golden Gophers, sports director at MNN, uh, joins us. And, well, Grimmer, it's a big week for the Gopher football team for multiple reasons. I can't imagine the work days that are are going on for the Gopher football coaching staff. This is a huge recruiting time, signing, uh, uh, first signing period uh, this week, and you're prepping for a bowl game. Uh, They don't have a lot of time to themselves, do they? No, no, you're exactly right. We had the uh, P.J. Fleck preview show on Monday of this week, and he said that it's that the busiest three week stretch of the entire coaching career. He's never, you know, never really seen anything like it. And I, I, I don't have any reason to doubt him. Um, you think about, you mentioned a couple of the factors. Look, you got National Recruiting uh, High School signing day was yeah. yesterday. They That's did right. a pretty good job, a top forty class. Yeah. Um, you know, which is, you know, they got the number one player in Minnesota, number one player out of Wisconsin, number one player out of North Dakota, and the player of the year out of Arkansas. You know, to kind of headline that class. Um, you know, they lost a one kid from Prior Lake who went to USC, but um, outside of that, I think it was pretty good. Um, their transfer portal incoming kids, I think they filled some needs, defensive back, quarterback, running back, uh, so that was good. Um, so you got that going on. PJ was and staff flying all over the country the last couple of days and weeks to hold that class together, the high school class. And then you've got um, – Roster retention, which, you know, um, that has changed immensely in the coaching game in the last two years with, with the transfer portal. And so not only are you recruiting high schoolers and transfer players, you're recruiting your own players on your own roster to stay. And because they're people getting, you know, uh, calls from other schools saying, hey, we need a D tackle or we need a running back or, hey, you had a good year and if you want to try this, uh, you should come, you know, uh, to our place. And, um, Technically, it's tampering, but not really, because they, you know, the other people are reaching out to associates of the players, and players have agents now, and all this stuff. So you got that going on. His defensive coordinator left, so he's in the process of trying to line up oh, interviews right. and get a list and and all of that stuff going. Um, and then you have to work with the name, image, and likeness people to say, hey, this kid, you know, is. Um, he's hearing from this place and this is what they're doing. How can we help? Uh, what can we do to get him to stay here? Um, all this stuff. So, yeah, I believe the the uh, head coach, when he says it's the busiest three-week stretch of his uh, entire 11-year coaching career. Yeah, no doubt. Everything has changed. The landscape is so different for those guys. I, I would think they're still trying to get you know, a, a handle on everything uh, that's changed, uh, you know, the pandemic bringing all this change in, not just that, of course, but that kind of spurred it, uh, yeah. uh, if you will. And and uh, it, it's completely new. I can see where some coaches look at what they need to do now, recruiting their own players every year and, and, and all of that and finding money to pay them uh, to play, uh, not as desirable for them. Their jobs got a lot harder over the last couple of years. No, no doubt. I agree. Um, you know, if it weren't for the hefty paycheck most of them get, yeah. I, I, I would think a few would 
would walk away and you know uh, go go find a different line of work or go coach at a different level where you don't have to have those headaches for sure. Yep. Um, and and it has changed. And quite honestly, it's changed the the I think the perception of the national signing day yesterday. Yep. That that had been for years a national holiday for for football freaks, right? Yeah. And I I'll tell you I you know I was on campus yesterday. We you know the, uh, PJ did his news conference. There it wasn't a lot of. Uh, media there, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the Vikings are happening and the Wolves are hot and all that stuff, but that's usually not the case. There's usually a big, um, in the past, they've done a big, uh, the Goal Line Club had hosted a big signing day social, they would call it, and there'd be hundreds of people show up at this. Yeah. They didn't do any of that. And, I, and I've had people tell me, you know, it's just hard to follow because these kids, you know, um, and I think this is now the future uh, of what uh, coaches will have to do, this retention part of it. Because yep. um, you're right, the pandemic did kind of tip everything. And part of the pandemic that coaches are still dealing with is the extra year of eligibility. So we're finally getting to the point where that, you know, where high schoolers were also, you know, there were fewer high schoolers getting opportunities because uh, existing players who traditionally would be, you know, moving on, got extra years and that logistically that does not open a spot for a high school kid so these high school kids um you know either didn't play or went somewhere else or um played at a lower level you know what have you so i think we're getting through that part where coaches had to navigate that that angle of it um but how about this legislation uh todd that has now kind of come up uh, this uh, have you seen this story about the West Virginia basketball player who transferred for a second time? So he, yep. you know, everybody now by rule is allowed the one exemption. It, 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 it's um, you know the one time transfer exemption. It's called. So if I, you know, let's say I start my career at Wisconsin and then decide I want to go to Minnesota, I can do that without having to sit out where that wasn't the case before. Um, now if I want to go from Minnesota to Nebraska um, and I do that, now I have to sit out a year. Yep. Well, a kid did that, not that it wasn't that path, but he ended up at West Virginia after two transfers. Yep. He's currently sitting out. He sued the school to say, I should be able to play. Like, why can't? Why, why are they telling me I can't play? Why is the NCAA making this rule? Yep. I'm like, well, it's kind of a governing body. A judge in West Virginia agreed, and so now all these two-time transfers are okay to play here for current. It's currently a two-week injunction. And I heard yesterday that there is national momentum <laughs> to say, you know what, let's just let him transfer anytime. Anytime. Uh, four times, anytime. Four times, five times, whatever you want. Crazy. You transfer. And if I'm the coach, if I'm a coach and that gets passed, I, I think I might just walk out the door. Uh, it, because yeah. at least, you know, at least you, what, what the two-time transfer or the one-time transfer gives you is some roster stability. One, like, for example, the Gophers are getting this kid from, from New Hampshire. He has one year left. He's going to come in, play quarterback for a year, the presumed starter next year, and then he'll be done. Um, however, there are other guys you get the one-time transfer, like say Kyler Baugh, who has been now a two-year starter in the Gopher defensive line last year and this year. He came in, and the, one of the reasons he was attractive was he had two years left, and the Gopher coaching staff knew with only two years he wasn't going to transfer. They yeah. had him in that spot for two years. Well, now if this new rule passes, they don't have that either in their back pocket. Yeah. And um, I mean, just imagine in the NFL at the end of the year, if yeah. every player. It was just free agency every year. And that's what the colleges are going to have to try to work through if the momentum that I heard about yesterday uh, takes this into that. And, yeah. I, I, man, I don't know. I, if I were a coach, I'd say, uh, you know, doing a game on TV would, uh, would, would be more attractive. Uh, uh, it, it was funny. Um, gosh, what's the guy from Oregon? He, he coached at Oregon, not Chip Kelly. Um, he did the Gopher-Wisconsin game on FS1. And um, 
can't remember his name now, but anyway, he okay. was he was talking about. I was just kind of eavesdropping on the conversation. I wasn't really involved in it, but I was in this. You know, there's like six guys that are kind of talking in the press box, and they were joking with him, um, and he was joking back about how much how much he likes what he's doing. He's like, I love coaching, but you know, it's nice not having to break down film for real. Like he goes, yeah. I watch games, like I'm doing the uh, the Minnesota Wisconsin game this week, so I watched tape on both teams i talked to coaches i prepared but i don't have to worry about what fans say i don't have to worry about uh recruiting i don't have to make calls at 11 o'clock at night to put out a fire from a kid that's you know in trouble um he's like this is actually he goes i don't think i'm getting back in you know <laughs> yeah. um and i'm like i don't blame him you yeah. know he's you know because i'm sure he's making decent enough money doing what he's doing on tv it's certainly not you know six or eight million dollars which is seemingly the going rate a year for a college head football coach at a yeah. high level, but yeah. Um, yeah, all this stuff they get thrown at. And look, I'm not feeling, I don't feel sorry for them. They chose the profession, but sure. I, I do think that at some point, um, it, just as signing day yesterday didn't seem to have the luster it normally does, it's going to be hard for college fans, I think. And I hear this from Gopher fans sometimes. It's like, you know, one of the fun things was seeing a kid come in as a freshman and then watching him evolve. And oh, now he's a senior, he's really good, you know, and you just don't have a lot of that anymore, yeah. and um, it, uh, it well, we'll see where this all takes us because it's a it's, it's a changing landscape almost daily now yeah. in this college stuff. If if it if it gets to be unlimited transfers, uh, like you said, it's free agency every year. I, I think that that's got to lead at some point to contracts very similar to the NFL. Yep. I mean, if yep. you're a football program, how can you bring a kid in? Maybe you wind up giving him. X number of dollars um, um, for the NIL money. He takes your cash and he leaves the following yeah. year. Uh, there's yeah. there's got to be some kind of contracts coming forward out of this. If they can, if it passes that they can leave every year, I, I got to see that that being the next thing in college football, basketball that they're going to start signing contracts. Yeah, I agree. I think you have to have that, and I also think you'll see at some point this will evolve into a le- legitimate pay for play. Yep. Where where it won't come from a, a, a you know kind of a rogue collective where you, you're asking boosters to to do this stuff. It will come maybe through boosters, but also through revenue. It'll come right out of the athletic department's funding, and um, and it'll be a situation where um, you know. And and then on the flip side, then it becomes well, if they're an employee, um, look, if I'm paying a kid four hundred thousand dollars to be my running back. I don't need to give him a scholarship. He can pay. He can pay the scholarship. Yeah. He can pay for school, right? I mean, right. hey, you're an employee. Come enroll, go to school. But you got, you know, you got. It's not. You don't even need it. You know. I mean, if, yep. if some guy was making four hundred thousand uh, dollars, you know, if some family's making four hundred thousand dollars and their kid goes to college, they're not getting one cent of of, uh, of financial aid, right? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so. Who knows where this all heads, right, yeah. in terms of uh, – because that would be one area of the school. I think Minnesota's bill for scholarships, because it isn't just like a, a loss. It isn't like the school saying, yeah, we're just going to let that football player go for free. Um, that that That's real money that the university needs yeah. to fund the school. So the athletic department, I think they send like $14 million out of the funding of the athletic department to the general school for their 700 scholarships across the board for all sports. Uh. And so maybe maybe at some point it's going to be one of those deals. Well, you pay for school. Yeah. You're going to make two hundred thousand dollars a year. You're paying for school, though. You know, something like that. I don't know. It, it's well, uh, it's a changing, evolving time. That's for sure. 
I've often wondered why uh, the NFL and the NBA do not subsidize the college games because that's where their players are coming from. That's their yeah. minor leagues. Why are they not setting aside a chunk of cash for college football programs? Uh, why are they not uh, you know, drafting a guy who's a freshman in college but then saying, stay in school, we'll pick up the tab, you'll still make money, uh, continue to develop, and we'll see you in two years. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm, I guess I've often wondered why that hasn't happened yet in those two sports yeah you know it's, I, I don't know either um you know and even like in hockey you know these guys get yeah. drafted and then they you know the gophers have like i think 14 nhl draftees on their yeah. roster they they cannot however get paid i mean they could they could make money through nil it cannot be through hockey though if they if they're you know uh, sign a deal it's over their their amateur status is done so yeah. It, it, it's kind of a weird thing, and have we ever known sports owners just to want to give up money for no, nothing? No, no. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, they might make donations. I saw, I think the Raiders donated big money to UNLV. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders donated some money to UNLV. I saw that in the fall okay. to help uh, with them. So I, I think maybe occasionally it happens. I know the, the Twins at one point donated money to help the Gophers build Siebert Field, the new Siebert Field. So I think occasionally it happens, but in terms of player development – I think they're they're fine letting the school foot the bill and then taking taking the players in in the draft. I'm sure they are. Yep. On. Yeah. Thank you for developing this young man. We'll yeah. take him off your hands now. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's for yeah. sure. So uh, you know there was a lot made in the local uh, media about the recruitment of uh, Coy Perich. Is he the mm-hmm. number one ranked prospect in the state? He is. The Gophers. Um, you know they 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 kept him home. There was a hard charge from Ohio State. Ryan yeah. Day. Um, and um, one of the defensive coaches flew into Esco. I'm, I'm guessing they flew into Duluth, but flew into that area yep. and um, and visited him on Friday. And the coaches, PJ yesterday in his news conference was talking about it. Um, they would call uh, PJ and say, yeah, and they'd say anything new. And he's like, nope, the message we've given you is the same message we gave you uh, the first time we ever met two years ago. Here's what the program has to offer. Here's how we do it. Here's our process. If you want to be part of the row the boat deal, be a part of it. And um, and obviously they, they, they had a, a good relationship, and it was good enough that uh, he stuck with the commitment, which was great. Um, yeah. Reminds me a little of Carter Coughlin, um, who was, I think, the previous, I think he's the highest-ranked recruit of the modern era that the Gophers had had committed, and he also had offers from Ohio State and Oregon and others and stayed home. And, of course, he had, you know, he's a cousin of Cole Kramer, who's going to start this bowl game, by the way, next week yeah. as a quarterback. But, um, uh, he, you know, Coughlin was a similar guy, decided to stay home and, and try to have an impact. And, you know, Carter Coughlin is pretty well regarded around that football building and around, you know, Gopher lore for sure because of because of that. And, yeah. you know, he was a key piece of that 2019 team that, that won 11 games. So um, I think that's a big get. And as I mentioned, they got the number one ranked player out of Wisconsin as well, an offensive lineman. Think about that. Yeah. An offensive lineman out of Wisconsin. They got the number one ranked player out of North Dakota, a defensive lineman, and then the uh, kid from Arkansas who's a quarterback that uh, they had to hold off Arkansas late, the University of Arkansas late. Um, uh, Drake Lindsay is his name. He he was not the number one ranked recruit by the rankings, but he was named the player of the year because he led his team as a quarterback to a 13-0 and record in a state championship mm-hmm. title. So um, that's a pretty good headlining group. Um, and, you know, the key, as we as we talked about earlier, with a lot of this, you know, uh, name, image, and likeness, and all this, is now um, how do you retain them? Because 
it's a um, it's a situation where teams that kind of are based on what Minnesota wants to be based on, which is culture and a certain way of doing things. Iowa has the Hawkeye way, and Wisconsin over the years has done it the Barry Alvarez way. And what that oftentimes means is you, you just keep guys that are bought in on the roster and it's like I, I always use this uh, every year we do the Wisconsin Minnesota football game right and so I've been involved in that now 18 times and it's amazing every year I start filling out my boards and it's like junior junior senior senior junior senior I'm like when are they ever going to play a freshman or, or it might be one for you know and that's how that process works you retain them you develop them uh, they might play special teams and then pretty soon you work in and you got a team full of juniors and seniors playing all the time Minnesota has uh, this past year did not have that and some of it was transfer portal some of it was injury some of it was you know just some recruiting misses quite frankly um, you know in, in in some cases and and certainly the Gophers aren't the only team that goes through that uh, and Wisconsin hasn't exactly knocked the socks off people. I mean, right. their last two-year record hasn't been great. No, um, you know, seven wins um, the last two years is not what their normal standard is. They fired their coach uh, for Pete's sake last yeah. year in the middle of the season. Yeah. So that that's to me going to be one of the interesting things. Programs that are kind of built on that, if they're going to be successful in the modern era, how do you keep those guys through? Um, and build them through and say, look, you got to play special teams for a year or two. I mean, Iowa's built on that, right? Guy comes in, plays special teams, and you're like, boy, they just lost Josie Jewell, a great linebacker. What's going to happen? Well, the kid that was making all the tackles on special teams is now also in the NFL as a starting linebacker, you know, three years later. And they just plug those guys in, and, and now with this portal, can they keep, can they keep those guys? Or are those guys going to say, I don't want to run on punt coverage, and that'd be the only thing. I can transfer somewhere and play right away and – um, we'll see where it all where it all takes us. Bowling Green on Tuesday. When do you take off, Grimmer? So we are um, going to treat this, the radio crew. The team flies out tomorrow, so they'll okay. be out there tomorrow afternoon and then practice Saturday, Sunday, and probably have a walk through Monday and then play on Tuesday. Um, the radio crew, the four of us, our engineer Dan Robotham and then Daryl Thompson and Justin Gard and I, we're going to fly out Christmas night on a, a, a one-way commercial flight out it's like an eight o'clock flight so we'll get to spend christmas with our families which is uh, which is great yeah and then um yep. so it's really like a regular road trip i mean i you know there's a chance we'll only be out there about 20 hours i um, see sure and, and and nothing that like like i've told that story and people are like yeah no yeah you don't want to be in detroit any longer i'm like actually i we've this third yeah. time i've liked downtown detroit downtown detroit's fine it's yeah. it's you know there's you know where we're at. It's right across from the stadium. There's good restaurants around there. The, selfishly, the stadium's a great place to do a game from. Broadcast booth is located well. Um, it's indoors. You don't have to worry yep. about cold or wind. It's a it's a climate controlled, really nice facility. Um, the only problem to me with the bowl game is it's the day after Christmas. Nobody yeah. wants to, you yep. know, fly out on Christmas. I don't want to go out there the 22nd yeah. and miss Christmas here. Yep. Now, look, if I love my family, if it were Tampa, I'd probably fly out tomorrow. <laughs> sure. Uh, well, so, so who could blame is, you? You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, it's not. It's not. Um, it's not necessarily because it's Detroit. Um, Although, yes, a warmer climate would be a little more attractive. Um, yeah. So I don't have anything in Detroit. Just a day. You know, yeah. the day after Christmas is a tough time to travel. So, yeah. so that, well, that's a long story. You know, big, big, big problems I've got. Wow, well, I was interested. I wanted to know. I, I was curious yeah, about yeah. how you guys are going to handle that travel. So, uh, Grimmer, Merry Christmas to you. Safe travels. Yeah. Uh, we'll be tuned in on Tuesday. Sounds good. Happy holidays to everybody there, too. Thank yep. you. Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender.
Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.